Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. I'll be honest, for a number of years since we've done the 50 most relevant, two things have almost been consistent. One is my love of a GWS Giants midfielder by the name of Josh Kelly. I haven't fit him in the 50 most relevant, but I've squeezed another Giants midfielder that might just take his place into today's episode of the 50. Another staple, one of the great friends and super coach players are very familiar with the work of the fans. And we love him as a regular guest on the 50 most relevant and the work he and the team at Code Sports and News Corp do year round. Phantom, nice well, to see a photo of you uh, and to hear you again, mate, a big preseason for your boys lined up, but also Tom, he's a fascinating player to look at for Supercoach and AFL Fantasy this year. MJ, a pleasure once again uh, to be here. Uh, you know, I love your work uh, as well. And thanks for giving me my man, Tom Green, um, a player that, as you know, and out there, if you've been listening over the past couple of years, a player that I would lock in right away, but this year a little bit different as you've discussed um, in the countdown and as has been talked about uh, throughout the fantasy community, opening round um, throws some doubt and clouds just what is the best setup in terms of midfield premiums. And Tom Green obviously will feature up there in the big uh, start for the AFL week earlier this year, but can we pick him? I guess we're going to find out uh, over the next few minutes. We certainly will. A seasonal average of 111.2 in Supercoach, consisted of 12 tonnes, a top score of 145. Nowhere near his career high, though. That's a 164 years. Priced over 620000 for you in Supercoach. While in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, if you're playing those formats, he's coming in at a seasonal average of 110.6. 15 tonnes, a season and a career high score of 170 last year. He's a million-dollar man in Dream Team and $998,000 in AFL Fantasy. If you've followed the work of the Phantom for a few years, he's already alluded to it, but I don't think there's a player that he loves more in the AFL. You see this incredibly strong beast of a human just throw opponents off him at will, the way he wins the ball, the way he uses the ball really, really well. And I think finally, Phantom, the build that we've been anticipating and expecting over the past couple of years, if the breakout was coming, the breakout was coming, well, in 2023, he arrived not just as a super coach player, but as a footballer, as an elite midfielder in 2023. Definitely did. Really took over that Giants midfield average, added 14 super coach points uh, to his average last year. Just became more consistent as a scorer, more consistent as a ball winner, and more consistent for the Giants uh, forward of centre to score involvements up almost two and a half per game as well. So, wasn't just winning the footy in tight, getting a lot more on the outside to uncontested possession numbers were a career high as well. So we know how good he is at winning the ball at the contest. He was the champion data junior record holder, still is um, for contested possessions. And that's why I was on for for a long time. I got I left him out in 2022 when he went bang to start the year, got on, went downhill from there. Started last year... A little bit of a frustrating year, obviously, with that hamstring setback um, later in the season. But he went bang to finish 2023. 
Yeah, it was huge. I think it was a 120 plus final four for the year with nothing really under the 110 markers across Supercoach. And again, some really high scoring. But you look at that season overall, the 110 in AFL fantasy, 15 tons, five over 120, including a 136, a 140, one and that career high 170 that I alluded to just minutes ago. Importantly, he's not just a ceiling guy. Got some really nice basement, just two scores under 80 in that format last year. Ninth overall for averages, seventh for midfielders in AFL fantasy. He's got a better mid uh, midfield average than Rory Laird and Andrew Brayshaw. So you're considering those boys? Probably need to at least take a little look at Tom Green. While in Supercoach, that 111 average, 12 tons, better conversion rate of hundreds to 120s. You get seven of those, including some 130 plus scores, twice dropping under 89 all season. And he's in the top 20 for overall averages, 13th for midfielders. And like you alluded to, Phantom, at the end, 129.75 over that last month, 122 in AFL fantasy. We could talk about the season that was, but we do need to start looking a little bit more ahead. A 110 plus average is nothing to be disappointed about. And in AFL fantasy, that puts you as a top line mid. In Supercoach though, it wasn't quite enough to get there. That scoring threshold, that ability to get 115, 120 or pushing 130 like Bontempelli did for us last year. There's a higher scoring capacity due to the way that game goes. Where do you see there's a scoring pathway for Tom Green to improve? Is it just natural development or there are a couple of things that he can, in your eyes, get under control a little bit to be able to get into that 115 territory that ideally we want him to in Supercoach? Touched on both of the things there. You look at that uh, final four game average. If you include the finals as well, the Giants three finals, 123 points in his past in his last seven games of the season. So that's where we want. That's where we can, he can maybe get to. But what's holding him back in Supercoach? He gets so much of the ball. We know the number one ranked player in the game for disposals and contested possessions last year. But he was also uh, the second ranked player behind Tim Taranto, Tim Kelly. And Cam Guthrie, we know he didn't play that many games for Clangers. Um, and obviously, in KFC, super coach, negative points uh, for those. And his disposal efficiency of 66.4% was the lowest of those top 10 ball winners in the game. So that all contributes, and it just hurts him at the top end of his super coach scoring. He does so much else. His contested ball winning uh, makes up for a lot of those errors in games. But he's prone to making uh, those errors early as well uh, in games, a little bit rushed, a um, bit eager maybe. Uh, we know he's a bullocking type of player, but um, can he slow down a bit? Because when he gets those um, early errors and clangers against his tally, he's always catching up in Supercoach. He, he does well to get back into it, but still those 15 or 20 points um, he's lost early in the games, always hard to make up, especially if it's not going the Giants' way. So, if he can start a bit more cleanly and maybe you mentioned there, just tidy up um, a little bit of his game, slow down a little bit more. We've already seen, I think, develop in his game over the past 18 months. So again, still young. Um, he still hasn't been at the top of the, the Giants tree for that long. So we're hoping he can do that. And then you've got your ceiling in super coach, like you've got it in AFL fantasy because um, everything else he does is he's a super coach beast in the making if he can tidy that stuff up. Well, last year he went at a disposal efficiency of 67%. The two years prior, he goes at 70. You might go, MJ, it's 3%. There's nothing there. 
No, that's the difference right there that Phantom's unpacking for us in Supercoach, where we are awarded for how you use the ball, not just how often you can get the ball. This is where you can go from that sort of 110, 111, 112 to getting rid of those negative scoring threshold moments that pop up early in games. All of a sudden, easy pathway to 115, 120, like he did over the last six, seven, eight weeks of the season. So it, it really is, he's not that far away in Supercoach from finding a way to becoming a 120 plus guy. It really is one or two little tidy ups in his game. And for a guy that's still in the right side of early 20s, I, I wouldn't be too concerned. Some are concerned though about a few other things, but let's come back to that disposal component for a second, Phantom. Yeah, it's a, and he's winning the ball on the outside. His kicking's okay, but he wins the footy so well and always in tight, under pressure, contested situation. He's normally good enough to get his hands free and get it out, but he's not quite Clayton Oliver or Marcus Bontempelli yet in tight. He's not. He's under pressure a lot. He's a little handball, so he's done so well to win the ball for everyone. doesn't always find a Giants teammate. And obviously, the difference between disposal efficiency and a direct turnover, which is what a clanger is, um, it might only be a metre handball goes straight to an opposition um, midfielder. And Tom Green does that a lot because he's under so much pressure. So if he can sort of work his way out of traffic a bit more and then go to use the footy, which I think he's trying to do, given his uncontested numbers and his metres gain are up plus 140 on the year. So he's trying to get out a little bit more and use the footy. So if he can just clean it up um, a little bit and not always try to dish it out when under so much pressure. There was a game that he missed last year. It was one of the first that he missed, actually, with that hamstring injury. They played against Hawthorne. And Josh Kelly, yes, I've got him twice in the same podcast. I feel like I'm winning. Uh, but he ended up getting the Finn McGuinness tag. Um, yeah. I'm curious, we don't know what we don't know, but in your eyes, is he now the number one stopping option that people are going to come to? Is it Tom Green? Or do you still think it's the in and out and the, the bit more skillfully sublime Josh Kelly three in the podcast um, that's going to be the tag target? Do you think it's Green? Is it Kelly? Or, or where do you see teams going if they want to or choose to run a tagger against this Giants midfield? Green McGinnis has shown he's pretty effective against all types of players so far but often maybe you got to just consider as a coach not the easiest player maybe to stop the one you can restrict his influence it's hard to stop tom green at the cold face first possession footy he's going to get it with the bloke hanging off him or not the players that win the footy on the outside and push forward a little bit more they're probably the ones that are a little bit easier to stop and you josh kelly as you mentioned there um given what he can do with the space um, he probably is the one you still would have shut down because Tom Green still would have an influence whether someone's on him or not. Yes, extra pressure, as we've just talked about, can influence what he does with the footy and close and can um, you know, affect the clearance and get it going back the other way. But I think you're probably better off stopping. Maybe I'm just a bit more wishful thinking uh, when we're talking about Tom Green here and not getting a tag, but I still think I'd go if I was the opposition coach um, a Josh Kelly type. Yeah, fair enough too. Opening round is a game changer for us in the Supercoach and AFL fantasy community. It means we'll get to have a look at a handful of teams, but those teams that play an opening round, their scores don't count. The price fluctuations will as attached to what they score, but it means if you play an opening round, 
you're going to miss some time in the first six weeks in rounds two, three, five, and six. You're all going to miss uh, a game through there. For GWS Giants, they're going to miss round three. So they'll play opening round against Collingwood. They'll then play West Coast and North Melbourne. On paper, Phantom, it looks good. However, based on his recent history, not as good. He played them twice, the Collingwood Football Club, last year. It's opening round. The score doesn't count, but it will impact the price movement across the formats. Plays them twice, fails to turn up in the preliminary final and in round nine. Then he plays North Melbourne and West Coast. On paper, looks good. Well, his second lowest score of the year across the formats was against North Melbourne. He went 70s across the formats. And against West Coast, it was early in the year, for sure, but he went 90 in AFL Fantasy and 106 in Supercoach. The reason I bring that up is people are looking at Tom Green because of the early fixture, start him in round one and two, hope to bank some monster scores, and then look at trading at round three to whether it be a Sam Walsh or any other avenue that's available to them from there. What's your take on how we could consider approaching Tom Green as a starting squad option? Or is it just a flat out, no, you can only look at him once he's back off that first buy? It's not a flat out no. He's not in my team as we speak and we record this, but I'm still open to it. I think we're all talking about it. We look at what you just mentioned, what opening round could mean, how many premiums from those sides we've got to lock into our team, how many we're looking at, and the negative effect that could have on our team over the first six rounds. Are we thinking about it too much? Maybe you spoke about Tom Green. If we get Tom Green from the last month, of the season, and he goes bang with a one, two 140s, then his score is probably making up for um, that rookie you have to field in the round three by. Um, again, if he's coming back and he hits his six or seven clangers against the Eagles or North, the North one was a little bit odd last year, just really fell away out of the game um, in the second half uh, with that 77 point score. No real direct attention, no real. Um, negative stats in there it was just a an off game maybe if we're looking at uh, as a one-off but if he's going to come back to the the pack a little bit um you know you're going to pick a luke davies uniac maybe who plays that extra game and then you get an extra score um the difference between him and that rookie maybe a bit more but the ceiling types are the ones that are still in my thinking green errol goulden um, who can make up that difference. Because we're talking about we don't want to start these guys because earlier in the year, yes, it's best 18 scoring in Supercoach, but at this stage of the year, you are going to have to field and go deep into your bench rookies to cover those premiums on those two team buys early in the season. But if you've got your players scoring big before that, then the difference um, is not so much. So still very much... In contention, I haven't actually decided or settled on the best approach yet. Still thinking about it a lot. I think it's different and it's a first for all of us out there. It's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out, what strategy works. Um, But for now, it's just about balance. I think we can't overdo it one way or the other. Um, What do you think? Uh, My initial gut response to it is I think you can do it. 
Now, mm. ultimately, the decision to, to start a green or someone from uh, that are the premium level, it's different for the mid prices and the cash cows. So th they're a different conversation. So if we put a green, a golden, you know, all these guys at the top end that are there, you can throw a Max Gorn, even though he's got a bit of value and he's towards the back of these yeah. first blocks. To me, I, I would go, if you start him, it's because you believe they're going to be right at the top of that tree. You believe they've got that ceiling and structurally to do it, it just means you do different things. So potentially you might have a, a Jeremy Sharp, for example, who we revealed early in the 50 most relevant as I think he's got one of those free mana wings secured. He might not be on the field for you at the moment. He might be sitting as that bench option. And I can see him really comfortably going 70 as a baseline and he can pop ceilings. He's done it before as a proven performer at the AFL level. So to me, I go, you can look at a green. It just means your structure looks different. If you're yeah. looking at a Whitfield, if you're looking at a Gould, and if you're looking at premiums, you can. You've just got to do it differently. So don't just go, premiums, I'm out, I'm done. Spend this time in February to try different things. It's, you know, like the Jack McRae injury that came out in the past couple of days. If I was building a team, which I am, um, I'd kick McRae out of my starting squad because I know what the structure looks like with him. Now play around with it, see different things, try a heap of stuff and see what it could look like because you might just find a structure and a style of players that fit across all 30 positions. So I'm with you, Phantom. I think don't close yourself off to that idea mm. of starting with green. Be open to it. It does affect your starting strategy of who you pick and where you pick and how deep you go in certain lines. But I suppose that's the beauty of having 40 trades for us in Supercoach now, an increase of what we had last year, is even if you do get to round three and he only goes 110, 110, and you're not really loving what you've got, you've got a pathway with the extra trades and the trade boosts in Supercoach that if you want to move him on, you can. Unless you pick the perfect team, as we know, every year before those price rises, you are making structural changes. You might have missed someone that value pick you need to jump on. So someone has to make way. Um, so again, I'm not against um, that line of thinking uh, as well with Tom Green. Obviously, uh, the long-time players, you, know, you don't trade your premiums in Supercoach. We know that's one of the big rules, but it's a different year of Supercoach. You've got to be open to it. More trades gives you a bit more flexibility. Um, and again, you know, we got hit by injury and suspensions hard last year doesn't mean that is going to happen again this year. It doesn't mean also you can't go out there and throw all your trades away. You can think about using them differently early on. So he's got two early buys, round three and yeah. round 12. Do those two misses mean it's a fade in starting squads? I see that logic. I understand with that. By the way, they play Hawthorne the first game after the multi-buy round. So round 13, they're up against the Hawks. So you'll find out pretty fast if McGuinness is keen for him or not. But if you were to just take all the variables out of buys, ask yourself, where do you rank Tom Green? Where does he sit in your midfield ranks? Because that phantom might just unlock whether or not he's a starting squad. You're getting into him early, straight after that first buy, or you look into him late as an upgrade. Because I feel like he's the kind of guy that could absolutely take a season away from you if he gets on a hot stretch with that ceiling that you mentioned. Well, I think he's a 120 man. When we're talking about average, obviously, total points might be a bit lower unless he can um, tidy out that top end of his game and make it up with those huge scores we saw in AFL Fantasy. But top six mid for me, 120-point average. So 
I guess if I'm saying that, then I have got to go back here and look at my team. But I think when we're talking about average at the end of the year, um, you know, no one wins the footy like Tom Green. No one scores as quickly as Tom Green. Yes, his points get taken away sometimes, but again, I'm sure that's something he's working on. Um, maybe the Giants get better, gets a little bit more help in there as well again. Does that help him out? So one twenty point man, there's not many in the game that do that over the year. So top six mid for me by the end of the year. Again, it's just about when is he coming in your team and how is he coming in your team? Yeah, that's a good one. And that's the beauty of February. Spend that time. If I start yep. him, what does that mean? What are the trades that I do? What does that impact with other premiums I might have that are having early buyers? Does that change my structure? Try it and see. And if you don't like it with Tom there, no problem. Resort back to other plans. Otherwise, I, I'm a, I'm quite inclined with you. I don't see him dropping under 110 in AFL Fantasy this year. And if he's not at 120 in Supercoach, he is banging the door down. Absolutely there. He is someone that I absolutely want in my side at some point in 2023. And even with missing a round early, it wouldn't shock me if he's the number one point scorer overall in, in Supercoach, let alone in AFL Fantasy. Draft is different, though. Opening round means absolutely nothing to us. And politely, you can navigate that early buy round through there. Where do you see him go on draft day, Phantom? Is he a first rounder? Or do you see him drifting into the second round in a super coach draft? I think if he's drifting too far, you can't see a pretty lucky uh, on draft night, a late first round pick if you've got one, especially if a couple of the other big guns are all being taken off. Um, the board early in the midfield, then I had no hesitation um, on jumping there late in that first round, I think. Yeah, I, I think in AFL Fantasy, he's an M1, which means he could go in that first round there in uh, yep. Supercoach. He could certainly drift to an M2, but it'd be a very mm. early M2, and it'd be because you're positioned at the back of a draft. And so you're yep. on that turn if you're doing a snake draft and you're going mid-mid. Equally, if you jag one of the top end rucks or a Nick Dacos at the front end of your draft, you might just get lucky enough to get mm. Tom in the middle of the second round or late second round would be an absolute dream. And you've got yourself, as Phantom said, and I agree with him, a potential 120 million super coach as your potential captain with your second pick. Like that is what yeah. fantasy football dreams are made of. Hey, Absolutely. Phantom, it's a Absolute pleasure chatting with you, mate. I always love chatting super coach with you. You and the team at News Corp and Code Sports have got a special deal, though, for people if they want to get involved, get super coach plus gold and a bunch of other great rewards from you guys as well. What's the deal? Yep. Uh, plenty uh, of great content, a dollar for the first month with Code Sports, as MJ you mentioned there, includes uh, super coach plus uh, you know, a serious play if you're not playing with Supercoach Plus, all the numbers and everything you need to get ahead. And of course, all the great content uh, from us, plenty more to come. The Phantoms preseason will kick into gear over the next coming weeks. And of course, as we look at all the data from the preseason games, reveal all our final teams, the Rookie Bible will get uh, some huge updates as we push forward to opening round as well. So plenty to look at, plenty to digest. And again, not for much at all either. And I, I believe uh, we might even see a few podcasts from the lair as early as this week. We might see a few dropping. Uh, delayed start of the preseason, interrupted campaign for the lair so far. The band, though, looks to be finally back together. 
and episodes will start dropping soon. We'll look uh, at all the different positions as we do every preseason. Of course, we'll check in and see what the hipster's thinking. Um, everyone likes to to listen in and see how he's gone over summer and get his quirky thoughts on the year ahead. A big year, hopefully, again, for the Lair. A bounce back year for some of us on the show. Hey, if you want to check out the, the Lair, you want to check out that Code Sports deal or get in touch with the Phantom over X or on Facebook, I've put all the details in the description of this episode. So whether you're checking this out on YouTube or uh, streaming the audio podcast, just go click in on the description. You've got some great stuff there. The details and even the link to go straight and activate that code is for you there. Phantom, as always, a pleasure, mate. Love talking about one of your favorite super coach players of all time. And thanks for being back on the coaches panel and the 50 most relevant. Pleasure, MJ. Love your work. Might need to go check my team. I have to get him in, uh, Tom Green, right now. Yeah, I think I might be talking myself back into him as well. Uh, if you want to go and check out the corresponding article that sits alongside it, it is online for you now at coachespanel.tv. There are podcasts for every single player in the 50 most relevant. We've been going since January 1. You can go back and check it out. Wherever you get your audio podcasts from, you can just simply search for the Coaches Panel. Find us, subscribe, and give a five-star rating. And we're on YouTube in 2024. If you're watching this, you know what the phantom looks like just looks like his avatar that's all he does that's all he looks like his hair doesn't move it's beautiful uh you could go and check out every video we've done though through the preseason of the 50 most relevant and check that out make sure you've subscribed and you've got details in the description of this episode not just for everything that the phantom has mentioned from the lair and the news corp and code sports deal but also to become a patreon supporter of the coaches panel exclusive access to a bunch of different content hidden groups and rewards all come your way if you'd love to join our supporter group the details in the description of this episode Right, so who's next in the 50 most relevant? Another guest collaborator on the podcast. He goes by the name of Pink Mentality. Yep, nobody in the fantasy community uses their real name anymore, do they? Uh, he's a part of the Dr. Supercoach team. He's an absolute star because we're heading back to the rucks. If there's a ruck guy that I'm talking about and I want stats and information, Pig Mentality is the guy to go to on X and Twitter. But what are we doing in our rucks? We've only had a couple in the 50 most relevant. Are you going set and forget? Are you going value? Are you going a combination of both? Well, there's been one ruck that feels like it's been completely ignored in the Supercoach and AFL fantasy community. And according to Pig Mentality, he actually might be the best ruck buy of the year. Who is he? You'll find out tomorrow in the 50 most relevant. Yeah,